0: thanks again for coming tonight. You're very welcome and if you would turn with me please first of all to Job chapter 14, the Old Testament book of Job chapter 14. Well we'll just read it verse 1 there. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Verse 5, seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. And then verse 10, but man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? Now over to the New Testament, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. And verse number 22. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Now that's all that we'll read with the Lord's blessing. We know upon his word. It's just upon my heart this afternoon to speak to you about these two questions. I want to bring a challenge into our meeting. I believe every Gospel meeting should carry a challenge as the claims of the Gospel are set forth. Every heart should be challenged. The challenge of two questions. I want to speak first of all about the question of the soul. And where it will be. We have read here. But man dieth. Wasteth away. Giveth up the ghost. Here's the challenge. Where is he? Then I want to speak about the question of the saviour. Again a challenge to every heart. Pilate's question. Is your question. What shall I do then with Jesus. Jesus. Which is called Christ. The question of the soul. The question of the Saviour. The first is a question of destiny. Where is He? The second is a question of Calvary. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? I trust we'll all get the challenge of the meeting. You know, Job chapter 14 is one of the solemn chapters of the Bible. speaks about our days. Man that is born of a woman is of few days. Our days are few. Life is short. We're told here, he cometh forth like a flower that is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. If I turned back a page or two, Job would tell us life is swifter than a weaver's shuttle. It was James who said, what is your life? The challenge of the meeting, what is your life? A vapour that appears for a little time then vanishes away. He sang her song there. I was thinking about it on the way down the road. You know, I was away up the country there for a meeting earlier. As I drove it was a lovely evening. The sun was shining. The trees, the colour was splendid. The leaves are darkening, brown, falling. That hymn came into my mind as I was coming down the road. Seems like no time. From the trees were budding and blooming. And now they're falling. Life, at best, is very brief. Isn't it? You ask some of these older people. They'll tell you that life has gone in like a flash. Our days are few. Our days are fixed. Here's what Job says. He says, says, seeing his days are determined. The number of his months are with thee. He has appointed our bounds that we cannot pass. That's a solemn verse. Our days are few. Your life and mine is in the hand of the Almighty. Our breath is in his hand. In whose hand is the soul of every living thing. But these verses not only speak about our days, they speak about our death. I, I know we, we, it's maybe a subject we don't like to speak about I know you've known all about it here in Ballyclare but the truth is this and the reality is this that man dieth we all die Hebrews chapter 9 says it's appointed unto men once to die once the reason Romans 5 and 12 Wherefore as by one man Sin entered into the world Death by sin We must needs die But my burden is not our death It's not so much our death This chapter speaks about our destiny And asks the question Where is he? Where is he? Man dieth, wasteth away, giveth up the ghost but where is he? You know, I want to ask everybody in the meeting this afternoon. Where will you be? You say, Tom, I don't intend to die. You no, know, well, fair enough. I don't either. But you could. And so I want you to think just quietly in our meeting this evening. I want you to just ponder the question. Where will my soul be in eternity? As far as destiny is concerned, there's just two places, heaven and hell. Not three, just two. So I ask you, not shouting or anything, but I really want you to think about it, just as you sit in the meeting. Just ask yourself, if I died tonight, where would I be? Pause it. Life's question: Eternity, where? Where is he? I was at a funeral there on Friday, up in up in Kells. Every time I go to a funeral, I stood at the graveyard there at Antrim. Every time I go, I ask myself the question what matters when it comes to this? You see, where you will be is determined by what you do with Jesus Christ. Two questions. They're relevant. I'm not speaking about something that's away beyond any of us or airy fairy. These two questions are relevant because every one of us will die. And so I want you to think about eternity. And they're relevant because you'll have to do with Christ. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? It's relevant because every one of us have to do with him. You'll stand before him one day. And so I say to you, ponder eternity. You know, I carry, I carry in my Bible a little poem by Isaac Ewing. I'll read the first verse here. Timeless eternity, shoreless infinity, measureless, limitless, fathomless sea, incomprehensible, vastness extensible, ever and ever and ever to be. Eternity never ends. That's what brings solemnity into this meeting. People like to think when they die, that's it. It's not. It's not. And so I'm saying to you just now, and I'm moving on, will you please think about eternity and where you'll be? I say the questions are relevant. They're also related. Because as I come to the second question, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? The answer to that question will determine the answer to the first question. Because what you do with Christ will determine whether you'll be in heaven or hell. So they're related. You hope you can see that. What you do with Christ, the answer to the second question, will really tell me the answer to the first question. I know you can answer it in your heart, and I trust you have. Think about it. Where will I be? I can tell you where you'll be. If you receive Christ, you'll be in heaven. If you haven't, you'll be in hell. And so with the solemnity of the first question, let me come to the second question. Pilate's question. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? You say, Tom, that's Pilate's question. Pilate's question is your question. Pilate's question is your question. What shall I do? Then with Jesus, which is called Christ. You know, the first thing I'll say about it is this. It's personal. What shall I do? Don't pass it to the person up the road. You know, this man that asked the question, he thought he could evade the question. He says, I'll send him to her. I'll let her make the choice. No, Pilate, you'll make it. Because it's personal. What shall I do? And you have to choose. And so the question comes ringing into the gospel hall in Ballyclare. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? I say, it's not only personal, it's pertinent. Hope you understand this tonight. Tonight. Because what you do with him determines your eternity. Now get this clear. This is what determines whether I be in heaven or hell. What I do with Christ. It's important. Deeply important. Immortal life's in the question. Joy through eternity. Then what will you do with Jesus. What will your answer be? It's pressing. This is Pilate's last choice. I don't think Pilate ever got another opportunity. He sealed his fate that day. It might be, it might be there's someone in the meeting tonight faced with the choice. And what you choose might just be it. All I'll say to you tonight is this from my heart. Choose well, won't you? Choose well. Choose Christ. Don't make the mistake that Pilate made. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? You know, just before I get to answer the question, to to help you, because I want to help you tonight. Before I get to the, what will you do? Can I tell you what he has done for you? Maybe that'll help you tonight. Maybe that'll help you to choose. If I tell you what he has done for you, You know, I I often read Matthew 27. It's good for everybody to read Matthew 27. See, just a little while after this. I read that they took the Savior. They stripped him. Imagine. Imagine. They put upon him a gorgeous robe. Listen. Listen. They made a crown of thorns. and They put it on his head. Can you believe it? A crown of thorns. A crown of thorns. You know, I have a fr- had a friend, he's now in heaven. He used to often tell me that when he was teaching the Sunday school class, he was speaking about the crown of thorns. And a wee girl looked up at him and she said, Mr. Did they put it on gently? I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. And then they bowed before him. They put a scepter in his hand. And they bowed in mockery. Then they took him, they scourged him. The Roman life till he said, the plowers have ploughed upon my back. They made long their furrows. And then on that bleeding back, they put a cruel cross. And he carried it out to Calvary. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Those tender hands were spiked to the tree. Those feet, beautiful feet, Feet that ran on errands of mercy were nailed to the cross. They lifted up the cross. And for six hours he hung upon the tree. Three hours in the daylight, three in the dark. And for six hours he suffered. You say, Tom, what was it all about? Hmm? He was doing it all for you. You get it? He was doing it all for you. Suffering. I couldn't tell you how much he suffered. I I couldn't. Couldn't come near it. But the Bible says he suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. Not his own sins he didn't have any. This book guards with the greatest care. The sinlessness of Christ. He suffered for our sins. I love those five words. The just for the unjust. Christ died for our sins. My dear friend, we've all sinned. And your sins will take you down into the judgment of God. But the blessed message of the gospel is of one who loves you. And on the cross, he died for you. Died to save you. Took it all for you I was thinking about that hymn. Was it for me? He bowed his head upon the cross and freely shed his precious blood the crimson tide. Was it for me the Saviour died? It was for me. Yes, all for me. Love of God. So great, so free, wondrous love, I'll shout and sing. He died for me, my Lord the King. My friend, he did it all for you. He did it all for you. What will you do with him? You get the challenge of the meeting. If he did all that for you, now we're asking, what will you do with him? I carry, I lost my hymn I don't know where my hymn book went. I can't find it in the car. And I was preaching up the country and I had a hope I didn't drop it in the car part, but I couldn't find my hymn book. But I carry in my hymn book a, a gospel track. It's called The Painting and The Little Girl. I not go over it. I often tell it. A little gypsy girl, a famous artist, engaged her to paint her. And then the studio of the artist was a a painting of the crucifixion. The little girl had never seen it. She didn't know what it was about. She asked the artist questions. I haven't time to tell you about it. But the artist broke one day and he said, he said, I'll tell you once and then don't ask any more questions. He said he died on the cross for sinners, for people like you and me. And at the last sitting, the wee girl, he paid her what was her due And as she left the studio, she took one more look at the crucifixion scene. And she looked at the artist. She said, Sir, if he did all that for you, you must love him very much. He did it all for you. Tell me tonight, do you love him? I love him. I love thee. Because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree, I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I loved thee, Lord Jesus, tis now, he did it all for you. Is it possible that you turn your back on him in this meeting tonight? And so he did it all for you. Now let me ask the question as I close the meeting. What will you do with him? Say, Tom, what can I do? You can receive him. You see, there's a choice. There's not only a challenge in the meeting. There's a choice. You can receive him. Or reject them. That's it. You can receive them, or reject them, you can trust them, or you can turn them away. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? You know, you'll not mind me saying this. If the Lord spares me to next Monday, it'll be forty nine years since I received him. Can hardly believe it. But 49 years ago, just now, there were special meetings on in Lisburn. I'd found a gospel track. I've told it before, but you'll let me tell it again. The title of the track was His Unspeakable Gift, based on John 3.16, written by a man called the Reverend William Rogers from Newton Abbey. And about the fifth page of the track, it read like this. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave. I knew John three sixteen from I was no size. I could have repeated the twenty five words. But that night as a guilty sinner reading the gospel tract, for God so loved the world that he gave. It stopped. There was a dash and it said give what? Give what? And for the first time in my life, I appreciated that when God gave his son, he gave him for me. Gave him to die for me at Calvary. And the track read on, listen to this, that whosoever receiveth him. Change the word believeth to receive it. That whosoever receiveth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And about 10 o'clock that Wednesday night, I received him. I made him mine. And all I can say to you tonight is this. Ten thousand charms around him shine. But best of all, I know he's mine. I received him. I said to myself, I think I'm saved. I wasn't sure. So I looked back at the track. You know what it said in the next breath? John 1 and 12. To as many as received him. I closed the track. And the work of Christ made me safe. And the word of God made me sure. And I was saved. I received him. Just a wee while later, my mother came up the stairs. And she looked into the room. The light was on. She says, what's wrong? I says, I think I've got saved. She didn't say anything. She went to the top of the stairs. And she said, Tom, come quick. That's my father. And he came up the stairs and I told him that I'd got saved. I never saw my father weeping. I saw him weeping that night. He sat at the bed and he cried like a child. There's some of you in this meeting tonight. And if you told your mum or your dad tonight that you'd got saved, it would mean more to them, I was going to say, than a million pounds, than a billion pounds. The challenge of the meeting is what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? We're going to sing as we close the meeting. One there is who loves thee. Oh, receive him now. You can receive him. Swing the heart's door widely. Bid him enter while you may. Or you can reject him. It's your choice. Jesus, is standing on trial still. Yours is the choice now for good or ill. Now for eternity, yield your will. What will you do with Jesus? Still that poem in my hand. The last verse goes like this. Anguish or ecstasy, peace or perplexity, infinite absolute, offered to thee, pause on the brink today, ponder eternity, ever, and ever, and ever to be, shall we pray. Our Father, we thank thee for the challenge of a meeting like this. We trust that the Spirit of God will bring these questions to bear upon every heart, to seriously and soberly consider them, were in eternity. Blessed God, we pray that no one in this meeting will ever make a bad choice. Pilate did the cry of the crowd. The voices of them and the chief priests prevailed. Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. The call of the world that ever rejects the Savior made Pilate, influenced Pilate to make a bad choice. Oh God, there are many voices calling. There are many voices calling in this meeting tonight, but we pray that the voice of the Spirit might be heard in every heart. And that there will be those that will do what they know they should do, receive the Saviour. And so we commend ourselves to thee as we part. We pray that thou wilt bless us, keep us safe and well as we make our way home. And grant thy blessing, O God, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.